Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Hello and welcome back to the Made for Memories podcast. So when we bought Northern King in 2016, I don't think you and I realized just how different spoon fishing was in different areas of the world or techniques or anything i mean definitely a little bit ignorant we went into it a little bit ignorantly for sure um because we're prairie kids we make casting spoons well-known casting spoons in our area and northern king was a well-known brand um that was kind of out of the game for a little bit and a lot changed over a short period of time in terms of trends. So it took a while to catch up on that and, you know, make some connections and get some good feedback and start building some things that these, these uh, anglers in the great lakes really needed. Yeah. I mean, we bought a good brand and we bought a good more, more, most importantly, we bought some good die sets. So we wanted, we've, we wanted for a long time to get into the trolling spoon category, I guess, but I didn't want to go to like, there's lots of component. Like you can go buy a, a blank spoon um, and put your name on it at there's two or three companies in the U S that you can do that, but they're not proprietary spoon shapes. They're they They weren't developed by, you know, a specific human like Patsy developed these dyes and made really good dyes. Um, Northern King was, uh, we've been told is one of the first spoons, trolling spoons uh, that had a consistent wobble from one miles an hour to four miles an hour, um, which apparently was unusual at that, at that time. This is like the mid eighties, early eighties. So they, they would have to have a spoon that was shaped so that it would wobble right at two miles an hour. And then they'd have a three mile an hour spoon and then they'd have a four mile an hour spoon. And Northern King was the one that kind of was able to develop well, Patsy because he was a die tool and die guy was able to, uh, I guess, put his own sweat equity to figure it out until he found something that worked really well for all the different um, speeds. So um I was quite excited when we were able to get the deal done, um, but I had to weigh heavily on our customers and people like Paul Powis, who we're talking to today, about what the heck uh, a Great Lakes trolling spoon or a deep water trolling spoon guy uh, angler is looking for as opposed to, um, you know, a prairie prairie angler, I guess, so. Color is a is a huge thing, uh, you know. On the prairies, we've got, you know, a few dozen um, kind of mainstream tried and true, tried and true, you know, prairie colors. One being the yellow red five of diamonds. Um, but when we launched it in two thousand and fifteen, sixteen, 
16, 15, something like that. We bought it in 2016 and we launched uh, mid-season in 2017 with okay. colors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we launched with 18 colors and we were almost laughed at because it wasn't enough color. And we only had 18 colors in all of the Len Thompson line at that time. And we were launching with 18 colors in one year and we thought that was a lot. Here's my little shout out to our painters, our staff. Yeah. We have gone through an awful lot of pivoting over the last several years compared to the years prior. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of new colors and skews yeah always trying to make it better always anyways let's see if we can learn a few things from paul as to how we can make it better too captain paul powis is the owner and operator of jnp fishing charters and guide services captain paul has been guiding and chartering the great lakes for 30 years his extensive knowledge has been featured in many major fishing magazines and paul has also been a guest on tv shows hosted by big industry names like bob azumi and dave mercer Paul is also a YouTube star, as oh. I recently found out, with over 7 million hits on how to fillet a fish video. That makes it 7 seem million? 7.4. That's just for the walleye one. And then if you add in the catfish and the salmon and the rest of it's over 10 million. It's crazy, isn't it? It came out. On, so when I did that, we did it on a DVD for Rapala. And Rapala uh, sold a ton of them through Canadian Tire and, you know, the old buy gas and get a, a discount code for a knife and a glove and get get the uh, thing in. So I'm dating myself, but it's probably 18 to 20 years ago. So YouTube and all the rest of it wasn't that crazy. And then just finally somebody took the DVD and put it on, on a YouTube channel and kapow. But, uh, yeah, I'm known as the fish cleaning guy quite a bit. So it's good. And does that mean that you were a big chef as well? I like to eat. I, I cook a lot. That Since I'm retired from law enforcement, that's my job. Walk the dog and uh, skizzle up something nice for the fam. So I do a lot of smoking and I mess around with my, you know, hickory and different woods and plum. And do I smoke fish and smoke brisket and smoke everything I can. So big barbecue guy all year round. Yeah. I like to cook. Self-taught. Yeah. I got the burn marks to prove it. No. Yeah. Some stuff, most stuff turns out pretty good, but uh, every once in a while it's uh, in the, something goes in the garbage and start over, but experiments, uh, that's how you learn. So. Well, I am going to put the link to said YouTube video on the podcast page when we make this go live so people can have easy access to it. I did watch it and I learned about how you have to remove the lateral line, which I didn't really know before. That two reasons. One, it makes the fish taste better. And two, it gets rid of the bones, especially the pin bones in a walleye. You know, trout have different, they all have different bone structures, but main for main eating fish for, for most lake people is perch and walleye and white fish and, those kind of fish. So yeah, it makes a big difference. I haven't seen your YouTube, so now I need to go see it, but I, I saw you do it in person. Yeah. At the if Toronto you, show. If you've been to any of those Toronto shows, I do it a lot. Actually this weekend coming up, I think I'm doing it, uh, well, every day at the show. And then he added a new thing or beat the clock where we take five people out of the audience and I judge them on it's timed, but they lose points for, 
their uh, mistakes that they make. And there's yeah. some people that would do better with a chainsaw than some of the stuff I've seen the last time they did. So. <laughs> last time I cleaned a walleye, it was at a friend's cabin and he had basically a butter knife as the only tool that we could utilize. Oh, yes. It was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. Yeah, right tool for the job is what I advocate. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> I bought him a house gift the next time, a brand yeah, new I, I, knife. Well, I, I I started out cleaning fish. My dad's uh, would have an annual trip with all, with all the people, and the boys would have a few beers. I was way too young, and it was like I'd clean my dad's fish and have them all done and tidied up, and the guy would be like, hey, clean mine, hey, clean mine. So they started paying me a couple bucks of fish to do it, so it worked out. And I, and I see people that take hours to clean 12 fish and I can clean 35, 40 in 40 minutes, about a minute of fish where that's cleaning up too and, and filleting them out. So I use a big electric and just saw them off and don't have to worry about making a mess because I do it right on the side of the boat in the harbor and all the scraps feed my pets beside the boat. So I got bluegills, largemouth bass, catfish, cheaphead. They literally, as I'm back in the boat into the, the slip, they, come in ready ready for it to be fed mm. and the customers go crazy for it. it's like having my own aquarium so it's pretty cool but yeah so was your two bucks of fish fillet your first industry job um actually i probably shouldn't say this because it was just it was it was just buy more tackle job it wasn't much of a job but yeah that that would be my that would have been my in, introductory to the uh industry yeah that created the monster that I am now with tackle for sure. That's mm -hmm. funny. Never so, looked at it like that. Walk us through your career. Um, you were in law enforcement before. Yeah. How did you get into guiding? You know, how did that whole vision come to be? It wasn't much of a vision. I uh, frequented a local tackle store in town, and you you know the players Nelson at Natural Sports that is close to my house. I used to go in there all the time for fishing tackle. There was a young fellow that worked there that uh, I got to know going in and out. And he says, I noticed you got a trailer hitch on your, on your car. Do you have a boat? And I said, no, I don't have a boat, but I got a car with a hitch. And he says, well, I got a boat and no car. So we started fishing off his uh, boat and we'd go to Lake Erie and we learned how to figure them out and beat them up and take it from there. And then it got to the point where, uh, he, him and I decided we had enough interest in it to start a charter. So uh, we bought a, an old used 20 something foot boat that was in the shop more than it wasn't and started doing charters and toughed it out and did a year with that and figured out that was no good. And then we bought a brand new 25 foot sport craft. And at one point we had it up, we were running three different boats. I was borrowing boats from guys for the amount of clientele we had. And he ran them some days and I ran them the days that I didn't have to work. And we split that up and uh, keep in mind, he was, he was just going into university then. So he did uh, his university degree. And after that was done, it was like, Hey, I, I can't really walk into a new job and say, um, by the way, I need my summers off to fish. So um, we parted ways and I took it over and uh, the last probably 15 years, my, my young fellow has been helping me out quite a bit. So uh that's that's what we've been doing. So we hit Erie at the exact at the perfect time. Um, we got in there while everybody else was concentrated on Lake Ontario, and we took a strong hold. We're like we're 
booked super crazy there. So, um, yeah, it's been 30 something years. And I think it's 34 will be 34 will be this year. And I, like, I actually have clientele now that used to come out with their, their grandfathers now and they're bringing their kids out. So we've been at it quite a while. So, so were late. you, were you still doing uh law enforcement when you, when you, yeah, uh... I, used to, I used to work, I used to work uh, 12 hour shifts. So I'd get a lot of time off and then the more seniority you have, the more, the more, uh, vacation you have and I would take leave without pay and just everything to make it work and it's been much easier the last seven years because I've been retired from that so I people say well, what dates are you available I'd say I'm available any day so it's it's worked out I, I I did it pretty heavy back then and you know I had other guys that helped me out and then if I had to work I just couldn't do a trip that day and booked accordingly around my calendar but uh no, work was pretty good with it. If I get two or three days of bad wind, I would say, hey, I'm not fishing the next three days. You want me to come in? They'd say, yeah, and I could get a different three days, right? So it worked out. But uh, yeah, so that that's basically in a nutshell how it got started. And it's just taken off from there. So that's where we're at. So you are um, one of our first guests from Eastern Canada the Great Lakes, and we have a, a whole bunch of people from the prairies that listen to this. So I want yes. you to tell us a little bit about, we'll just stick to Erie and Ontario, like Erie and Ontario, because those are the two that you fish the most. And Yeah, I and... used to fish Huron back in the day, but it went through a big crash, and uh, we used to have mature kings up there, and like, I mean, we used to smash them, but not as much it's coming back but nowhere to the degree that i'd feel comfortable doing charters up there so well tell us about the great lakes and what uh what what it is like captaining on the great lakes and fishery well, first, and... okay well first of all i live in kitchener ontario which is very like i'm two hours to uh lake erie where i where i run my program for the summer i don't commute i i move there for the summer Erie's famous for its walleye fishing and, and, and its steelhead. Ontario is famous for its uh, salmon and brown trout, and rainbow trout. And Huron um, has a big laker population and, and a smaller coho and, and Chinook uh, thing. So we chase them all in different seasons. I used to do springs up in, in King Carden, and then I'd get down to Lake Ontario for a little bit. And July and August is prime time uh, on Erie. So, uh, we target walleyes. We target them by trolling because as trollers, we can cover a lot more water than just picking a spot and casting. And we can run more rods because we're allowed two rods per angler. So basically how a charter works is uh, you book something, you show up at the boat, the boat's ready in the water, you jump on, you bring your, your lunch and your uh, drinks and the rest of it's taken care of by us. And I tell people we're usually fishing within a half an hour departing the dock, depending on where the bait and the fish are. And we go out and we troll around and, and we use several different techniques from downriggers to dipsy divers to uh, planer boards to uh, planer boards with lead core, planer boards with deep diving crankbaits, planer boards with jet divers with spoons on. Uh, earlier on in the year, we'll do bottom bouncing with worm harnesses and put out multiple rods on the inline planer boards. And we, we do a slower troll on uh, post spawn walleyes for that. And then as the fish uh, get more aggressive, 
and the water warms up and they start chasing bait, they move more into the central basin. So I'm in a different port for that. And uh, basically that's what we do. So there's many techniques. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, Brad, the spoons and the colors and, you know, certain uh, harbors have different spoons that they like and use all the time. And Erie's unique in itself because it's a big body of water. It's encompassed by USA on the, on the South shore and Canada on the North shore. And then you take um, the commercial quote or the quotas overall for the lake. It's divided in half between us and Canada. So they get half of the harvestable catch. We as Canadians get the other half. And then our half is cut again in half between commercial and sport. So overall, USA gets 50% of the harvestable catch and Canada gets 25% uh, for sport and 25% for commercial. USA doesn't have commercial fishing. So what happens when it comes divvy time for the amount of fish that are in the lake, they actually, commercial guys, they lobby the government every year and say, hey, up our quota, up our quota, up our quota. Because us as rod and reel anglers, we're immeasurable, less than 1% in the last 30 years. So they get that data and they go, the rod and reel guys aren't doing their part, so up our quota. And they go, no, 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 you're allowed your quota, they're allowed theirs. So we don't have slot limits on Lake Erie. We're allowed six fish, we're allowed two rods per angler. They don't shorten or lengthen the season. It's like free for, you can fish, like it's open almost all the time. There are spawning areas where, where you're not, but pretty much it's open all the time. And the beauty of our fishery is it's it's a catch and keep fishery. Those fish are $20 a pound to buy in the grocery store. So it gives you uh, an opportunity to go out and not only catch those fish, you can bring home your the value of your charter in groceries. So that's why we're busy. And you know, like I say, I have to educate people on that on a regular basis because they're like, oh my God, you kill that many fish every day? It's a drop in the bucket. What I catch in a year, a commercial boat can catch in a morning with gill net. So, I think I think Lake Erie certainly, from an industry or from a I, I don't I wouldn't even say industry from a sports fishing perspective has really become famous the last what, it, it eight is. years. Eight, yeah, eight it's been good. It's been so I've been doing it for thirty, and it used to be like it is now. So a lot of the old timers that are out there, and I heard a quote from a guy, it said, the good old days are no longer, the good old days are now. It's all based on uh, good year classes and, and uh, pretty good management and, and conservation and all the rest that goes with it. So we're very fortunate to have that in our backyard for sure. Cool. I want to change gears on you a little bit here because you're such a big deal, Paul Powis. Oh my God. You have, you have so many... Just you know, how, you don't brand. want to talk tough because you're so far away from me right now. That's why. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you have so many really large brands in our industry, or even on the fringe of, of our industry, like Yeti, for example, who's yeah. not full in our industry. But you got some big, big brands that that uh, that sponsor you and want your input and want your feedback. Um, and I guess I just want to ask, how do you navigate the 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 sponsorship side of your business and how do you how do you how do you deal with these big companies well the the navigation part can be tricky because everybody wants an exclusive that you only use this or you only use that or you don't like especially for the from the tackle end like actual 
and I tell people straight up and I'm, I'm forthright with them. My obligation is to my client. So um, that's how I manage that side. Um, get I get crazy asks of how do you get this? How do you get this? How do you get this? It's all about see and be seen and, and helping people along. And, and, you know, my social media presence isn't as crazy, you know, it is on the fish cleaning side, but the rest of it, it's just hard to keep up with that when you're fishing 12, 14 hours a day and you gotta, you know, you gotta make your obligations. But I, I get, I'm old school. I get people at shows that say, Hey, what kind of rod and reel should I have to do this? And what kind of line should I do this? And like my, a two minute visit to a tackle store for me is usually an hour minimum because there'll be somebody there that's saying, Hey, I saw this and you got to be approachable. And, and it's just CNBC. You, you and I cross paths at every show in Ontario that, that's there. And you know how many seminars and the talk I do. And I like it. I got time, especially this time of year. So it, it's, it's fine to do that. But, uh, well, I think that that speaks hugely to who you are, that you're willing to share knowledge. Like, yes, this is the type of line I use because people key. are always looking for those tips and tricks. And a lot of anglers keep that really close to their chest. And I've actually had a guy one time I was in, in the, and I, I remember the, these were these little anecdotes that come up with conversations like this. And the guy, I walked in and I, I was always first guy in the fish cleaning house. And I see this guy and he's got these walleyes, like monsters, 12, 12 of them all stacked up. And I'm like, you catch those today? He goes, yep. And he's just short with me. So I'm like, what time did you go out? He says, uh, around 6.30, 7 o'clock. I says, good for you. Good. Well done. I said, not many guys kick, kick the charter guy's butts, right? So, and I said, uh, where were you fishing and this and that? And he goes, well, uh, I don't really know. My brother was in charge of that. So I, you know what? He doesn't want to tell me that's fine. So I leave. And as I'm walking out, guy comes in with the bags and uh, Ziploc bags, the thing that he goes, Hey buddy. I go, Hey, how are you? He says, good. He says, we smashed him today. I says, yeah, I see that. I says, I was asking where he was and uh, he put it all on your, your, where you at? He's, and he gave his brother crap. He says, this is the guy that told me that we're fishing too shallow with our baits a couple weeks ago. Cause he, he asked me in the fish house, how far back I was uh, putting out my crankbaits. And I says, dude, you got to let him, I says, where are you fishing? I had about 50 back. I says, I'm letting mine 150 to 175. And he says, that tip helped me. And this is where we caught these fish. So he went to his boat and got me GPS numbers and everything. So it, it's paying it forward. You help them and sometime they could help you or you could have a breakdown out on the water and you need to tow in or God forbid a rescue or anything like that. It's just all about being being uh, nice and sharing information. So that, that's the fit for me. So my last question before we head into the rapid fire section is, is, is a commenty question, I guess. So when I first met you and also full disclosure paul powis is not sponsored by northern king he is just a wealth of knowledge and he has been so generous with that knowledge since like six weeks after we bought northern king so we bought the spoon company for the great lakes and we build casting spoons then i go to the toronto sportsman show to try to learn something about trolling spoons the rest, the rest of the business yes yeah. exactly before i even because i didn't know anything so i sat through one of your seminars and i 
you were a very popular guy after and i went you and i, I often, you waited off in the, in the side i, I did i did yeah. i said i said i want to ask you a few questions but i wonder if you can keep a little secret for me because it's not public knowledge yet and uh we just bought northern king lures and we're going to relaunch it and the amount of information i gained from you in those 15 minutes that you generously spared for me was invaluable. The question is, and it has to do with that sharing of information and, and pay it forward and whatnot. But I want to talk about your seminars because you are a seminar guy. Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy speaking about? What do you enjoy teaching about? And uh, you know, where 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 would we like? Do you do every single kind of show or talk talk to us about seminars for a bit? I do mostly trolling seminars, like like how to and, and the different techniques and the rods and the reels and the line and the break it right down for it. Like so, we get techie geeks that are right into everything and they want to know how many turns per line crank it does and what's the diameter of line in in millimeter. They measure stuff and the rest of it. But my my favorite people to talk to are people that a are into it and they they have questions, but I really, I really like those fish heads. I call them, you know, those 13 to 15 year old kids. They're just, they want to learn everything. They're little sponges. The kids are fine for fishing in a pond and helping put worms on and stuff. But I, I like that, you know, that uh, teenage kid that, you know, is just obsessed. You can just, you see it in their eyes and you'd see them pick up a rod and a reel and they're just, they're not spoiled. They're not ruined yet. They're still, ripe enough to to put on the right track and you know they're fish heads and all they like doing is fishing and hunting and, and that sort of thing and you know there's a, that that audience there i would say it's from probably 12 to 35 of people that are just crazy outdoorsmen and but they want to know the tricks and what's new this and what's new that right so and what colors are new and what sizes are new and a lot of guys like the techier people will will want to know about um you know size of baits and profiles of baits and what colors your fit i get asked all the time what's your favorite lure i get asked that every seminar and i give a standard pat answer because there is no favorite the favorite my favorite lure is the one that just caught three fish because it's going to catch more and that's what i do i just keep changing stuff and changing stuff and changing stuff Till we get the color, the pattern, the speed, and then break down all those variables to get to where it is. And then we go from there. Cool. Cool. Jessica, do you have any more questions before rapid fire? Um, just one comment about Paul Pouse's favorite lure being the one that catches fish. It's also the one that he has a backup to. Because that was one of the biggest pieces of advice he gives to me. He's like, if you ever send me anything, send me two. Because if it's working and I lose it, I'm going to be pretty cranky if I don't yeah. have the backup. But that that said, since then, uh, I tell everybody, if you have a lure that's really good, the best thing you can do is take a picture. Because there's nothing worse than somebody saying, well, it's blue and silver and it kind of looks a little green and it. And it's like, whatever. And I, I get descriptions of people and I on the VHF radio because they're saying they're slamming them on something. And they'll call me, they'll say, hey, we're doing really well. And they'll describe a bait and send a picture to me. And it, it's not even close, not even close. So that that's a thing. And truth, truth be told, 
a lot of times we'll put out a bait and I, and I tell this in my seminar, one is not a pattern. Two is a, this is better. Three is a pattern. And if it's, if I have a pattern, I'll put six of the same color and same bait on different rods at different and get them all on the same level. And then you got to determine whether it's the level or the, the depth of the water, or is it the color or is it the profile or is it the speed? And that's my favorite part of the game is figuring it out. And it changes by the minute, by the hour, you know, water colors, uh, uh, current, the rest of it. So it, it is true. I remember telling you that if you send me something, don't send me one because chances are I'll lose it or I'll catch a bunch of fish on it. And I need five, not one. So yeah, that, that's a good thing to do. And that, that's a tip to give your clients. If you guys give it or think you're just trying to sell more lures, but at the end of the day, it's always good to have another because just in case you lose it, not that's one part of it. But the other part of it, if it's catching fish, put another one out at the exact same depth and repeat. So you're saying buy two lures. Of the same color. Same one every time. That's Paul's advice, not our advice. No, that's my advice. Well, Absolutely. advice, but still. Thank you, Paul. Hey, my pleasure. You said if you saw how many baits I'd have, you, you'd cringe. I probably could fill one of your warehouses. It's crazy. All right, Paul. It's time to move on to our rapid fire segment. I'm ready. So um just a reminder for the rules of rapid fire, you do not get to see the questions beforehand. And you have 30 seconds on the clock to answer the question. Or questions? 30 seconds per question. Yeah. Oh, that's, this will be, this will be good. And right. um, if you do not succeed, then Brad yells at you. Whatever. <laughs> well, you're not intimidated by me. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do from, from your aquarium <laughs> there, buddy? <laughs> hey, you do realize that, that where I used to work and with the kind of fellows I used to work with, yeah, and I think I, I think I would be pretty easy for you to deal with, I think. And I and I spent a lot of no, I spent a lot of time giving testimony in court. So I, I'm uh, used to rapid fire. Plus I've been married for 37 years. Rapid <laughs> fire out there. <laughs> okay, Jess. First question is how do you load a dishwasher if you've been married for 37 years? I'm just kidding. That's not actually the first question. <laughs> Oh, 30 seconds. My wife might be watching. I'm not answering this. I don't is the, is the answer. All right. All right. All right. Rapid fire. Question number one. Um, you are a Ministry of Natural Resources licensed guide. Correct. Um, tell us what is the best way, in your opinion, to protect, to protect and give back to the fishery? I think education would be the, the first thing to give back to the fishery. And I, I use my platform as a charter captain to educate people and my seminars educate people as well. So I would say education would be the best, best way to communicate that. It's doing really good so far. That's only one. How many do I get? Yeah. Eight. Question number two. What? is the most precarious situation you found yourself in while guiding? Oh, I'm going to take a few seconds here because there's lots of them. I would have to say medical emergencies. I've had several out on the boat and um, you know your training. You got to trust your training and, and my training from my other, 
other life comes into play, but there's something to be said for somebody having chest pain when you're 12 miles out on the lake and you know that they're in trouble. And by the time you get all your lines in and everything, you, you've got to run back to the harbor. You hope to God to keep them on the right side of the, the scenario till you get there. So, you, you know, you trust your training, you call, get on the radio, you call the Coast Guard, you get on the radio, you call uh, the marina to make sure. And I've had several where the ambulance is sitting at the dock waiting when I pull in and uh, haven't lost one yet. So I would say that's probably the most important. And that's perfect. You, you lost you lost a point though. Why is because that? you went way over 30 seconds. It was a long answer. <laughs> well, I I thought I could bank what I what I saved on the first one. <laughs> Ooh, he's looking for some leniency. That's fair, really. He is a tough judge. You are right. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number three. You, like many captains, use various brands of fishing tackle. However, you were sponsored by Northern King when the founder, Pat, was running the company. Yeah. Tell us a story or tell us a little bit about what Pat was like. Pat was a crusty old fisherman like I am now, and he was all business. And he said to me straight up, what can you do for me? And I was doing seminars at Bass Pro Shops and the other places. And uh, I got I got to know his son, John, who was the painter. And I would suggest colors to him and they, they sold quite a bit. So he was happy with me with four seconds left to go. Excellent. I like that you hold that up. I'll never go over again. That's good. <laughs> uh, on the topic of Northern King, you have yes. told us several times you have a lifetime supply of NK spoons. Yes. And I'm assuming this collection extends to many other great brands. How do you store and organize all of those, all of that tackle? I need more time. Uh, so <laughs> I use a lot of uh, special made boxes on the boat. And uh, I actually have my lineup of what I run all the time. And I take those shoe trays that they actually, you know, the little plastic trays you put by your door for your boots or whatever. And I have rubber on them and I put my starting lineup all on them. And I have about 10 of them that stack. So you can go through them like file folders. And then my understock is kept in boxes. Cool. Jessica. Question number five. According to your website, you guide on a 27 foot Merrimack powered by twin 225 mercury outboards. Yes. How'd I do? This is a two part question. A. Does your boat have a name? For the second part, sorry. Does Go your ahead. boat have a name? Does she have a name? Yeah. And B, what is your biggest boating superstition? Oh, that's two questions for sure. So the boat originally was called the Widgeon, which I didn't keep. I named the boat JNP after my business because people are going to look for Widgeon fishing charters and it's easier to call it JNP fishing charters. So the boat's known as JNP now. And my biggest superstition, I have a hat superstition. If I do really well wearing a certain hat today, I'm wearing the same hat tomorrow. I don't change the hat until I don't do well. Well done. Got it. Thank you. All right. Question number six. Let's just pretend you have a day on the water, no one to guide, just 
you. No one to impress. Who is the first person to invite to go fishing with? And what species are you going after? It'll be my dad, and I wouldn't care what species. He's passed away. That's a heartwarming answer. That is. Well, now I want to ask a follow-up question. I'll do it quick. Don't make me cry. What's your What's your best childhood fishing memory? I'm not even going to give you a timer for that. Skipping school to go fishing and getting chased by the truant officer. Did you get caught? <laughs> Wrong side of the river every time they saw me. <laughs> Used to do it all the time. Okay, Jess, number seven. Uh, what is your favorite way to spend your time off the water? Oh, I'll take all 30 seconds here. I, I like being on the water, but I like hanging around in the marina and the, shooting the baloney with the boys and comparing notes and maybe having an adult beverage and just, just unwinding and hanging out with my family as well. I have been lucky. My, my family spends a lot of time with me down at the lake too. So grilling and just hanging out and having fun with the rest of the people that are like, like-minded like myself. So making memories. Yep. Last question. What would you say is your best fishing investment? I'd say my boat overall, the way I got it rigged and all top of the line stuff. My, I, I got the best electronics, the best downriggers, the best rod holders, the best rods and reels. And, you know, I, I would have to say, yeah, the boat as a whole, because I can get, get out on days that other people can't and I can fish really rough water and I feel safe on it. My clients feel safe on it too. Well done. Thank you. Last thing. We asked yes. you to prepare a fishing joke. Okay. I forgot about that. I remember that. Okay, so I'm ready. So a lady decides that she's going to buy her husband a really special gift for their 20th anniversary. Money's no object. He's a fish nut just like me. So they go into the tackle. She goes into the tackle store and walks in. Bell rings as she walks in the door, old style fishing store. And there's a gentleman behind the counter wearing dark glasses, and he's obviously blind. And she says to him, oh, I'll come back another time when there's someone. He says, lady, listen, I own it. I'm the only one here. I've been here for 30 years. I can help you even though I can't see. She goes, okay, that's great. What do you need? He says, well, my husband, he's he's a troller and he likes fishing on Lake Erie and money's no object. It's our anniversary and I don't mind. So he said he opens the counter, reaches his hand in. He says, I recommend the Shimano 600 Dakota with the line counter. This is the best reel in the business for that. She goes, OK, I'll take it. She says, how about a rod? Do you need a rod? She goes, yeah, what do you think? He says, I recommend the seven-foot, one-piece Shimano Talora. It matches with this perfect. He puts it all together, hands it to her, and she's impressed. She's like, wow, this guy's on, on point. How much? She says, it'll be $400 tax in, and I will put free fishing line on it for you. Well, that's a good deal. She was expecting to spend way more than that. So he rigs up the machine, starts putting the line on. 
and she goes for a wander around the store. Well, she gets to the back of the store in the very furthest corner and she's overcome with stomach cramps and she has to pass gas. So she lets out this little fart at the very back of the store and looks up and he's still putting the line on and she's like, oh my God, thanks so much. So he yells to her that it's done, comes up to the front, gets out the $400 and he says, it'll be $430. She says, you told me 400. He goes, yeah, 400 for the rod and reel, 15 for the duck call and 15 for the fish scent. How'd I do? You, you did really good, especially because you customized that with some spon sponsor products. Did you see how I did that? <laughs> that just came to me on the fly. <laughs> Worst part is, is that there wasn't a Northern King spoon in there for an extra nine bucks. Wow. <laughs> that's that's the next time. Okay. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Keep up the keep up the work. You guys do a great job and uh, your baits are, are incredible and uh, people people know the name you, you were surprised when you when you did your first seminar after our first or our, your first show trade show the amount of people that come into the booth and say oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so that's that's great that you guys continue the legacy of that bait so it's uh it's nice and I and I like your family story too so that's cool well, that's very kind of you to say, Paul. Um, before we sign off, how do people find out more information about JNP Charters? JPFish.com. Appreciate you guys. Thanks very much. We appreciate Thanks, you Paul. too, Paul. Thanks so much. Until next time, listeners, happy fishing.